All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. They're coming to get you, Barbara. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. Here's Johnny. Vanity. Definitely my favorite set. <laughs> I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. The power of Christ compels you. This is my boomstick. What's your favorite scary movie? What up, horror heads, and welcome to Shiver, a horror movie podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Daniel DeBona. And I'm David Uyoa. And we are joined this week for the second time by one Nick Hardy. Nick, how are you, man? I'm doing outstanding. I'm uh, glad to hear it. We have been, we, we, we took a week off. I, uh, I, I, yep. I had a little vacation. Um, went down, saw some family in Florida, did, had a little pool time, a little Fourth of July barbecue, you know, all of that good stuff. And uh, now we are back with Summer Fan Fest. And what we've been doing, if you're just tuning in, is we've been letting people pick for us. But the ca- the caveat is they've got to come on the episode. And actually, it was Nick. I don't even know if I've ever told you this, Nick. But it was when Nick suggested that he wanted us to do Child's Play and asked to be on the episode that I even came up with the idea for Summer Fan Fest. So we are doing Child's Play tonight, and this was Nick's choice. And Nick, what made you pick this one? <laughs> so this was the actually the very first horror movie that I remember seeing. Oh, nice. And I looked, it came out in 88, so I, I had to have been four years old when, this, when I watched this movie. And <laughs> I swear it scarred me for life, because when I just watched it again, um, I was regretting it, one. And then uh, <laughs> to the very opening scene, whenever he first goes into the toy store and all those dolls are sitting up there, my skin just crawled. Just yeah, terrible. Man, this this movie did such a good job of creating such an out of the box icon. Like, you know, yeah. and, and we're going to get into everything. But rewatching this movie now, what? 34 years later yeah it's it's incredible to to think that that long ago how wild it was to take this idea of possessing a child's toy and not just making it like a one-off thing creating a a, a villain that's that's like man this you could tell from just this first one that this guy was going to have staying power well i don't know if y'all remember but back in the 80s there was a a doll called the my buddy doll my yeah. buddy and it I, ha- looked I had one <laughs> incredibly similar to that doll so whenever <laughs> my brother had one and after i watched this movie every morning when i woke up i would go and punch that doll to make sure it wasn't alive <laughs> because i was terrified that that doll was going to come to life while i was asleep and try to kill me uh, <laughs> fuck you, buddy. Yeah, punch. Yeah. There was a girl one too, kid sister. Yeah, yeah. my sister yeah. had that one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I ever actually knew anybody that had a my buddy. I just remember the commercials. And actually, wow. while I was watching the movie last night, I was like singing the song from the yeah. commercials. <laughs> Wherever I go, he, he goes, goes my, my buddy. buddy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. When we're looking at this movie, like we said, it came out in 1988. So that's late to the game when you look at when all these other iconic characters were created. And yet it was still really surprising with the things that it brought to the table. So the very first question that we've got to ask is, 
this long after everything. And I mean, you can consider the whole franchise if you want, or you can just look at this movie. But the question has got to be, does this one hold up as a scary movie? I'm going to start with Nick because I think you have a very unique perspective yeah. on this. <laughs> yeah. So uh, this is my first time watching it since I was four years old. So um, <laughs> you haven't seen it in no. 34 years? No, I have not. Oh, wow. Uh, I love that so much. I was terrified to rewatch <laughs> the movie. So, yeah. Um, I, I thought it was still pretty scary, especially, you know, how creepy that freaking doll looks. Right. Um, and the fact that it can come alive and apparently has the power to knock people through windows. Uh, <laughs> with a toy terrifying. hammer. Yeah, with a toy hammer. That's very terrifying to me. I think it uh, I think it holds up actually really well, especially for yeah. today's standards. Dave? I have to agree. Um, one of the things that I, I love about this movie is that kind of like... Um, Friday the 13th it it leans like really heavy into like the thriller uh murder mystery kind of movie and kind of like I mean it's it's definitely got elements of a slasher there right uh but but I I wouldn't call it a slasher I'd say right. that this this is much more like uh like a supernatural horror or or mm-hmm. uh, or a mystery horror movie in fact, like the first time I saw this, I wasn't even sure that Chucky was the one murdering people <laughs> until, you know, it's Chucky. Yeah, right. I was like, oh, wait, what well, is it fucking Andy that's killing people? Because <laughs> like they're about the same size and the shoes and this, and you know, I didn't know. Maybe Andy's just fucking nuts. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I love that about this movie. Uh, you know, and, and, and I think that it gave us so much in one movie like it's i i don't think that don mancini had franchise in mind when he did this i think he just wanted to write a really great movie but i have to wonder like you've got halloween you've got friday the 13th and you've got nightmare on elm street all like firing at like full speed ahead by 1988 Mm-hmm. Is there somewhere in his mind where he's thinking, I need to establish a franchise right here? Because if there is, I mean, fucking success. Because <laughs> ev- ev- everything you need for an amazing horror franchise is right here. Yeah. Yep. Take yeah, an innocent like, child's toy and just make it the worst thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, we were, you were talking about the My Buddy doll. The My Buddy doll came out in 85. And, I mean, you it'd be crazy to not think that it, it was the inspiration for the good guy doll. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 overalls. the overalls. Yeah. Like, and so it's just, I, I love the idea of, of like, he got up one day and like saw a commercial for this and was like, that thing's kind of hideous. Maybe it's kind of terrifying. I could do something with this, you know, like, yeah. and then, and then that's what this became, you know? So uh, Dave sent I, me the show. I also, I also love how like, um, offensively 80s this is yes, because is like in, in, in the that 80s is... for, for the younger viewers here you could not get a uh, a toy line into production unless you had a TV show that accompanied it yeah 
And and that's why we got Transformers and G.I. Joe and He-Man and Thundercats and all these great things, right? Um, and they are great. Fuck you if you think that it, they're just commercials <laughs> trying to sell porn, all right? But much more than that. That might be what the intention was. All right? Really great commercials. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and, and that's like, you got that feeling here. It's like, you know, he, he had the, the PJs and he had all, I mean, it always takes me back to my childhood. I fucking yeah. love it. Well, I mean, and there, there's a full toy line associated with the good guys. Cause before yeah. he gets his doll, he just gets like the toolbox and stuff. And there's a cartoon that he's watching. So the like, cereal. It, yeah. The yeah. Cer- <laughs> like it, it all, it, I mean, it's, you know, in, in, it's, it's, it's a, a, a very twisted view of all that, but it's just, it's so funny. Like Dave's, Dave sent me the show notes today and this was the, the first note on it. The first one, you know, like we, we usually do. Does it hold up when it's an older one? But I mean, without skip, as soon as the movie ended yesterday, like once the credits were rolling, the very first thing I said was <laughs> I will be damned if that doesn't hold up. Like mm-hmm. this movie while it's you know with without the childhood trauma that nick has it's not um it's not jump out of your seat scary but it is creepy as mm-hmm. fuck like it's it is it's like settle into your bones scary right it's not it, it it's not jump scare scary with with a couple of like small exceptions but yes, from the very opening scene where it's like, okay, those dolls are kind of bizarre looking. And then it's like, that sounds like voodoo. And it's just like, <laughs> like everything is building so oddly. And then, you know, that she buys the doll from the peddler in the alley. And it's like, this is everything about this is so creepy. What are the chances? What are the chances that, that the one doll that peddler picked up was Charles Lee Ray? They're pretty um, small. Yeah. Because there the were whole a whole store was kind of on fire, <laughs> so maybe the rest of them were just too damaged. Although that one would have been covered in blood by Which, how much his bloody hands were just you all know, over that thing. I wonder, you know, so we're under the impression that Chucky never, like, we don't know of anything Chucky did before he came to life for Andy. But if the if the transfer is instantaneous, is there a possibility that he like? came out of the box and like grabbed the box and then like took himself out of the burning building and like climbed back <laughs> into the box. Well, the box was open right at the, be- at the beginning of the movie. So see, but I, I, I don't know I why he feeling. would want himself to be sold to a child. So <laughs> I, think, I, I, I think it was like, um, like a, like a survival thing where like, he just kind of like ran out. And then there's all these people that are obviously going to be curious about why there's a fucking doll running around the street okay, right? fair. um and so he just like played doll okay and so and, and, and and then you know this uh this homeless guy comes walking around sees a couple of boxes that might dam- might be damaged might not be damaged maybe the doll inside was damaged and he's like oh i'll just take this box and i'll shove this doll in here right and, and then, i mean why why murder the homeless guy you know you I'll, can't I'll accomplish clean, anything from that i'll yeah. clean all the blood off this doll and then <laughs> right this box. yeah okay yeah the, other, right, the others are kind of charred you know they've got glass in them and uh and this one just has a little bit of blood yeah see now we're getting somewhere but i, I mean one um one thing that when we talk about standing up man one thing that that holds up to this day and and i know that we're gonna you know kind of talk about it as as things go on but Dude, the special effects, like mm. the the over the the not not over the top in a bad way, like the ridiculously over the top good, especially for eighty eight, mm-hmm. like practical effects of creating this Chucky doll are 
bonkers. Like I, I this is this is actually the second time I've seen this one in the past year because when the like the reboot came out, not like the, so you know <laughs> in the the all things horror, the multiple child's play timelines, the one that came out that was like okay, this is just a brand new thing where they made him like AI. Which if you haven't seen it, it sells the movie in a very different way. That's super interesting. But um, after I watched that, I was like. All right, that was fine. I liked that. Now I, I want to go back and watch the original. So I went back and watched it. So this is the second time I've seen it in a year. But now doing this show, like I, that's that's where I was like, okay, I know what's going to happen. I'm pretty familiar with this movie. I really focused on watching all those times we just see like a hand mm-hmm. or yeah. or the the facial movements, you know, because there's that very obvious difference between when he's still a good guy doll and and when he's you know full blown Chucky. <laughs> but just just kind of watching that man, like. You could release a child's play reboot that still uses that level of practical effects and it's still going to sell. And I mean, that was proven with Cult of Cur- Cult of Chucky, Curse of right. Chucky, Seed of Chucky. I mean, they were still doing that same thing. And that is the one thing that was missing in that new one is there is so much CGI because it's supposed to be so futuristic the way the new one moves. And it's like, ah, you lose something without that, man. Like, all of that equates to a movie that, yeah, it definitely holds up. Like, this is still a fun, scary watch. I would not let my children anywhere near this movie. You know, like, <laughs> like, like we always yeah. have the conversation of, like, like especially Dave's like, oh, yeah, Link, watch this one with me. It's like, no, no, not this one. No, I'm not letting my kids within a mile of this movie. Because, because, because look at what we have here, ladies and gentlemen. This is the product of seeing this movie, too. Right? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Scarred for life. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, that's that's kind of the reason why there's certain like staples of 80s horror that I hope never get remade, uh, like an American werewolf in in London. Like, that's one of those that I think like you can't remake that nah. because that transformation scene is going to be CGI and that's yeah. not going to scare me anymore. It's not going to be scary, whereas seeing something transform into a werewolf on screen like that shit still terrifies me yeah um, yeah yeah you know uh, all those uh those george romero zombie movies you know where, where tom savini the the fucking goat you know actually murdered people on screen he had to have he had to, at, least once. at <laughs> yeah. least one yeah at, at least one guy had his fucking entrails ripped out while he was alive. how else, how else, how would, else would you be that it? familiar with what they look like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so i today that's all done with fucking cg and it it doesn't it, it yeah. doesn't land the the, right. and the, the weight isn't there and I mean, and, and, uh, you know, in that same vein, the guy who's out there doing it the best right now, regardless of what you think of the show, is probably Greg Nicotero yeah. um, doing it and doing it with Walking Dead. And he is a product of the Tom Savini school. Like yeah. he is he is a protege of Tom Savini. So uh, that, you know, that all just shows there, there was there was a level of craftsmanship to that that. I, I, you know, uh, there's, there's the one hand where it's like, you know, I've seen CGI do some amazing things. Uh, and, and every time you think it's not going to get better, you know, like uh, just, uh, you know, kind of just off topic here a little bit, but also on topic. I rewatched the first Harry Potter movie yesterday. Oh, and that's a rough watch. Yeah, man. I was like, I'm watching it. I was like, like, I kept having to remind my kids. I was like, this was made 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? It did not look good 20 years ago either. 
Yeah, I guess like I just I I remembered it looking better than what I got yesterday, you know. But that's the thing. Going back and watching Childs play just last night, I was like, this still looks incredible. And yeah. there's there's something about that that's never gonna be outdone, regardless of whether you can do it cheaper with CG or easier. It's just it it's never it's never gonna be the same. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's let's move on into more specific areas, right? Um, the story here, right? This is a much more complex story than we usually get in a horror movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, this, this is why I say like it's it's often called a slasher and definitely parts two and three leaned into the the, the slasher craze. Um, and, and then it kind of became a more, more of a, of a comedy series after that. And it was fantastic. And that's one of the great things about this fucking series. Still great. <laughs> no matter what it did, it was fan fucking tastic at it. Uh, and, and, and that is like all praise to Don Mancini. Uh, the guy's a fucking genius. Uh, Mr. Mancini come on our podcast. Like, cause you're the, the fucking man. Yes. Um, so, but this, this is very different from your standard slasher because it's got, like buckets of story and um it's 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 kind of like i said a murder mystery thing going on there um we talked a little bit about that when we did puppet master and um <laughs> so uh, pu puppet master uh obviously influenced by child's play right um but two very different movies. <laughs> so, Boy, how? Yeah. So, so does does this complex story work? Right, first and foremost, and and does it still scare? Like, is it a scary story? Not that there are scary moments, but the story itself is like that's fucking scary. Or, eh. yeah, uh, so, yeah, Daniel. So it's. You're, you're, you know, we keep saying, you know, it's slasher esque, right? This this mm -hmm. movie is slasher adjacent at this point. That's because, I think the best way to to call it. Because what what we're looking at here is is you know, like Jason. Jason has his motivations mainly just like, oh, teenagers let me die, so I kill teenagers, right? Like <laughs> Freddie has his motivations, but they're 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 thin, they're paper thin at best, right? Freddie's just sadistic. But what we get out of Chucky is this guy who the people he's killing, like, there's a very specific reason mm -hmm. for it. Like, when he kills Maggie at the beginning, it's like, well, she was in his way, right? Like, she, <laughs> and, she was, and she was a bitch to him. So, but then, but then it's like, yeah, he wants to kill the cop. That's the cop that was trying to catch him. It's like, yeah, yeah he wants to kill the dude that left him, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. so, so you're right. These are, these are, like, they're murders with a purpose, mm -hmm. um, as opposed to just, like, some really bland vendetta. Like the, they're all very personal, yeah. which is which is strange for when we're talking about this type of movie, which I think you're right. I think it definitely sets it apart from your general slasher uh, in the 80s. Also, what we get out of this story, you get you get the side you get the it's, you know, the, the splintering of people who believe that Chucky is alive. And so that's constantly feeding into the story because at first you just got Andy and only Andy believes that he's alive. Then eventually the mom finds out Humperdinck still thinks she's crazy, right? 
It's, I'm sorry. That's all he'll ever be to me. Like yeah. I can't, he's, he's, he's always going to be Prince Humperdinck. Like, uh, but you know, so then, so then, so like, and so then, the, then he's like, Oh shit. Now she's crazy too. And then, and then he eventually figures out and it's like, and then his partner shows up. He's like, man, y'all are all fucking nuts. Right. And so that, that whole thing feeding into the story too, is an extra level of tension. Cause you're like, why would people do this to themselves for the love of God? Yeah. Somebody believe them. And there's just, there's a lot of, there's a lot of really great tension building. Um, and for a story that has as much in it as this one does, it's paced really well. Hour 27, it all gets in there. It never felt too crammed or too spaced out. I, I think that this movie was a really lofty ideal in in 88 for what you could kind of do with the idea of just a serial killer on the loose and that that's cool yeah nick yeah i I am a a big fan of how the movie flowed from the beginning to the end um it starts out you know it, it doesn't there's no delay in trying to figure something out it jumps right into it yeah uh from the beginning scene Dude gets struck by lightning, takes it like a champ somehow. Um, and then, you know, you think you're going to lightning, a, man. You think you're going to have a little lull between that scene and whenever Chucky reveals himself, makes his first kill or whatever, but it's straight into it. Yeah. Um, you know, he goes straight after Maggie because, you know, she wouldn't let him watch the nine o'clock news. That's <laughs> <laughs> so great. And and to be fair, we, we've all been there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, Mom, and then, it's the fucking nine o'clock news. Yeah. I don't care what time my bedtime is. I need yeah. to see the weather report. <laughs> and then, you know, it, it, everything that leads up throughout the story has a purpose. So even if there is a little bit of downtime where, you know, the kid's riding on the train to get from one place to another, it's still engaging He's still like yeah. leaning over, talking to the doll. Uh, the part where she's trying to find the peddler in the homeless camp, where she's kind of talking to people, and you, there's Man. no dialogue. Talk about offensively eighties that yeah. that walking that walking the dark streets like yeah. through like the, through the the homeless of New York. It's like, whoo, yeah. yeah. But it's 80s. all it's all with a purpose, and it's all engaging, and it's for an hour and twenty seven minutes. It's everything is there for me. I. Uh, even though I'm scarred by it, I still had a really good time watching it. <laughs> um, man, I, I have to mimic what what y'all have said because I, I think that this is the perfect marriage of story and horror. Oftentimes, like you, ha- you have to choose how much story am I going to put in here because I really want to scare you. Right. And I think this is this is one of those instances where the story itself is so scary that you can lean into it. Because this this is an idea that all children have at some point in their lives. Is my toy alive? Right? What right. Hap- what what happens to my shit when I leave my room? Because I swear <laughs> that I left fucking He Man on Battle Cat, <laughs> but now he's not there. It's the opposite of Toy Story, though. Oh my <laughs> god! I just realized the kids in both of those movies are named Andy. Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. I just <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if if done on purpose, well played, Pixar. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, I I think that the the story itself is terrifying. This is one of those uh, movies where the, the the actual scenarios that the characters are put in um, are terrifying, and and there there are moments in in the movie where I I genuinely fear 
for the characters. Yeah. And I, I, I've, I've seen this movie a handful of times. And every time I watch it, I know it's coming up now. And yet I still get the, you know, the, the sweaty palms. I, I, I still have, you know, my, my heartbeat starts to go up because I know it's going to happen. And yet it's like, oh, fuck, this is fucking crazy. This is scary. And, and where I think with Puppet Master, all I could think of was, well, that's fucking horse shit. (laughs) I mean, it's an almost identical concept, but with this movie, I was like, you better watch out because Chucky's going to fucking come and get you and it's going to be for real. So don't look under the couch. (laughs) What are you doing? (laughs) I, I, I also love that um, this was done with with voodoo, which isn't something that's explored an awful lot in horror movies. Yeah, but um, because w- whenever a uh, a religion or a system of belief is is uh, is explored in a horror movie, it's usually Christianity. There's a whole bunch of possession movies, a whole bunch of demon movies where you get a priest who comes in. You never get. Voodoo. In fact, the only other voodoo movie I can think of is um, "Live and Let uh, Die." Uh, well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to, to keep it horror, to keep it horror, I actually I watched "Live and Let Die" fairly recently, and it holds up. Uh, not so great, but I still enjoy it. <laughs> um, no, "The Serpent in the Rainbow" is yeah. one of the only other horror voodoo movies that I can think of. Yeah. And, and, and and it's actually it's really scary. Oh, and 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 here comes, uh, here comes Andy Andrew Harriman. <laughs> yeah, uh, Serpent in the Rainbow. There you go. Yeah, we're we're on the same wavelength there, buddy. Um, <laughs> yeah, I it's it's fucking terrifying because yeah. anyone who subscribes to a system of belief and and I'm I'm not a religious person, but I grew up in a religious household, and so like that shit never leaves you. You know, so when when there's this like higher power that, you know, gives you that it for a lot of people, it's real. And yeah. and, and and I think that even though this is obviously supernatural, there is that bit there where it's like, well, I mean, if you believe that when you die, you go to fucking heaven. Yeah. Why not <laughs> have your soul? Right. If you believe in a soul that goes somewhere, why not have it? go into this fucking toy because you're using the power of fucking voodoo. Yeah. It's crazy. And uh, one thing that's really great about this, you know, we always, we always talk about that really, it's a really narrow lane to ride in between explaining too much and not explaining enough. Mm -hmm. And I think that this movie really knocked it out of the park. Like they gave us just enough of this like voodoo exposition that we understand what's going on. And then they're like, but also, you know, we're a bunch of white guys. Like what do we know? Right. Yeah. Like we're, we're, we're taking this cause it's creepy. We're going to kind of use it as a, as a deus ex to get us where we need to be, but yeah. it fits. Right. And they never, you know, it, like even once he meets Dr. Death, you know, it's not like we get some big long winded explanation of how the voodoo worked and why it went in there, you know, like, cause that's, one of the problems that that Annabelle kind of had was they kept the mm-hmm. Annabelle franchise kept rewriting how the it kept retconning how yeah. the the magic of of whatever was inside Annabelle happened. And so with this, I mean, they were just like, look, this is how it happened. The, the dude said this voodoo spell lightning struck. He's in there now. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> like, And it was like, yep, and, and also it. you're turning human. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Because I fucking said so. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> My name is Dr. Death. You're going to question me? Yeah. I, I also love that um, Charles Lee Ray, right, um, is, is, is such a fucking bastard, right? Yes. Because it's like he, he went to this guy who clearly is a voodoo priest for good. Yeah. The yeah. guy's like, yeah. you bastardized what I taught you. I'm not I'm, I'm not going to show you how to do any of this shit. And I mean, obviously it comes back to, to yeah. bite him in the ass or, or, the, <laughs> or the chest or whatever. Right. Um, but like it, that's it, it's even though it's a bastardization, I think, of of um, anything in voodoo. I've never studied voodoo. So I, you know, I'm talking out my ass here. Um, I, I like that it didn't like make a joke of it. Also, yeah. you know, because you, you don't want to make a joke of someone's system of belief either. Yeah. Yeah. And and that you're right. That's that's a, that's another one. Like that's a real that's mm, that's like that's a dangerous game to play. Right. Yeah. Like unless you're outwardly making something that is supposed to be satirical Art, yeah. or a parody of something. It's it's a real danger, especially because what I know of voodoo is the people who believe in voodoo like those aren't the type of people you want to fuck with or piss no. off. <laughs> like, like that is, that is not a sect of people that you want upset with you. Um, you know, because it's, it's that it's, you know, the, the analogy I always go back to, right. Just cause you believe higher fire is not hot. Doesn't mean it won't burn you. Right. <laughs> whether, whether or not you believe in this stuff, you know, like pissing off a whole lot of people who do, probably a really bad idea and so yeah you're right like he like because it would have been real easy for it to be some like stereotypical you know borderline racist thing where like a guy had like a bone in his nose and <laughs> it's Baron Samity you know it would have been real easy for him to show up the dude just got like a big like cauldron in his living room or some shit like that but they they got they get there and the guy is uh, is like offended that yeah. this is how he chose to use his teachings. Yeah. And that's a crucial story element that is, again, not spoon fed to us. It's it's just presented in a way where you you just kind of you take it in and it just makes the story work that much better. So um, there's there's something else about this movie. And maybe this is the English teacher in me reading way too much into it right um this happens so uh so rein me in if you think that i've i've just you know fucking lost it. dude last time nick was on the show i went on a 20 minute rant about (laughs) character archetypes i think we're all right (laughs) so um child's play is is like famously um covered all sorts of topics about sexuality and gender identity and and all these things right yeah chucky um, gets real horny like yeah. later on in the series <laughs> he, he he does and when, when you get the seed of chucky and you have glenn or glenda you know which, yeah. whichever uh whichever uh child it is at that point um like obviously there's there's something to be said here right uh so don mancini um who uh, who is gay has said that he never wrote this movie to uh, comment on uh, sexuality, but go with me here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. A guy has to transfer himself into another body that is not his and is like completely foreign to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, is it possible that this movie is also commenting on, sexuality and and gender identity as well um 
I, I think that that's a really interesting way to look at the movie, considering at the time I would have never thought this. Right. But when you see where the series goes. Well, can, he does. The, the voodoo doctor, Dr. Death, does say you transfer yourself into the first person you reveal yourself to. So that doesn't necessarily have to be a man or a woman. Right. So. I see where you, I kind of see where you're going with that. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting about uh, a, a really interesting way to view gender, particularly where yeah. where it's like, you know, it can't can you be fluid in that you can be this or that or anything because you are still you inside the body of whoever or whatever you're in. Right. That's okay. Look, regardless of whether or not that is actually the intention or just kind of what happens right now, the concept of Chucky as a queer icon is <laughs> one of the greatest things I ever could have imagined. Right. Like <laughs> that's, that's what I'm saying. Like is, is Chucky queer and, and, um and like, is, is, can can we can we stand Chucky for this? I, I don't know. I, it was I, pretty strange that he was happy to be inside a six year old boy. He did so. get really right? hyped about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> uh, but but uh, but also I would guess like as a serial killer, right? Like if if like if your thing is you're a serial killer and it's like, well, great. Now I'm going to be six again. That's a yeah. whole lifetime of killing ahead of me. <laughs> See, that's know? that's how I took it. I took yeah, it yeah, as yeah, yeah. like I I have. <laughs> whatever it was at the time, you know, 30, 40 years of, of, of serial killer uh, experience now. Right. And it's kind of like w what I know about like, um, like money and investment and, uh, and work now. Like if I could go back to 18 years old, like, fuck, I'd, I'd be, you know, I'd be fucking amazing. You know, there there was yeah. a Twilight Zone about that one time, but inside <laughs> yeah. he was still old. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, you know, so I, I, that's that's kind of what I figured that was. That was like, uh, you know, hey, I can use all this experience and start fresh. Right. Yeah. 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 And then the way he says it too, he says, "I get to be six again" or something along yeah. those lines. So. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, this is like, uh, I just, but man, I'm telling you, like, what I like in the in the event that I were ever to like, like, okay. In Tuscaloosa, obviously, we don't have uh, large pride celebrations here. But in the event that I were to go to <laughs> you one, don't like, really uh, in Alabama, yeah, go figure, right? Um, <laughs> but uh, in the event that I were to go to a pride celebration, it's like I feel I want to dress like Chucky and like carry around this this commentary with me. Yeah. Be like, what's that about? Be like, well, let me tell let you, me tell you. <laughs> what we have, what we have decided how Chucky is a comment on gender identity. <laughs> Oh, so, so obviously, you know, th this, this movie child's play, it focuses on Chucky and the people whose lives he influences, uh, you know, all for the worst, <laughs> but there are plenty of other characters here who do a lot to sell this movie. And, uh, again, you know, just, I, I, I guess it's not even breaking fourth wall, right? We're a podcast. We're talking to the listeners, but the show note title for this section, and it's fantastic, is, is Andy Humperdink and Seventh Heaven, which is just spectacular. <laughs> so when you're looking at a story that's as well-written as this and packs as much in there, you've got to put a lot of the onus of selling that story on your characters and your actors. And so 
what we get here is a stellar cast who all play their roles just kind of amazingly. And so when you're looking at this, this just really awesome story and you're looking at these people who it's revolves around outside of Chucky, when we're just looking at, you know, maybe the others who stands out for you, Nick is a character that just stole the show. Well, I mean, obviously, Andy, as a freaking child, was a very outstanding actor. For that, I don't think at six years old I could have been a child actor. There ain't no way. No, um, I, I couldn't be a child actor today. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you got the yeah. height requirement, though. Yeah. I do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and he he did a really good job. I think uh, uh, Karen Barclay, Karen Barclay, Catherine Hicks, mm-hmm. she did a, a great job as the mom. Um, just carrying the story, just being there, like trying to the chemistry between her and her son was really good. I thought uh, on screen, um, the, the, the officer who's just like, you're a crazy lady. And then drives off and then gets, atta- <laughs> gets attacked by Chucky. You know, <laughs> that whole, that whole acting scene was pretty good. I like that. Uh, thought they were pretty, I, those are the three characters that really stood out to me um, in the whole scheme of the movie. Dave. Uh, um, yeah. I, I got to say for, for me, the standout is, is really Alex Vincent as, as Andy Barkley. Um, he is so good at being innocent, um, but also at like, um, like genuinely, innocent but but also knowing exactly what the predicament is that he's in because there's that moment in in the interrogation room where he looks at chucky and he says say something they're gonna take me away right yeah yeah and he he gets so upset that like he's been there for chucky right because he's his friend to the end yeah right and uh and he's like you know you fucking bastard like i've been there for you i've never questioned what it is that you're that that you're doing and i rode the l train for two hours for you yeah Yeah. what (laughs) the fuck yeah i took a piss with some crackhead out in that alley That emotional shift too, where he gets angry and starts punching the doll, is really good. It's great. Yeah. There, there is one moment that um, I've seen this movie twice now as a parent. Um, there, there is a moment that like actually chokes me up in this movie, and it's when he's he's locked up and he's yes. asking for the psychologist oh, to come and help him, and he's he's like begging, he's like, "Don't leave me, don't leave me," and he's crying. I'm, I, I fucking welled up. When yeah, man. both times that I've seen this since yeah. uh, since becoming a dad, it's like, fuck, man, like that that might as well be my son. Yeah, that was like, very it, legit. It, yeah, the genuine emotion the, of when he's like begging for them to save his life, like reaching out through the grate in that door. I, that was just. Like I, I like on my notes, like I just wrote, I just wrote acting in hospital, like to make sure yeah. that I talked about it because I, it was just, and then, I mean, even when that progresses and he's like running away and then they're, they're in there with like the, the surgeon and stuff like that. And he's watching the dude get fried by mm-hmm. the electroshock helmet and stuff like that. He does so, so great. I, there's, there's also something to be said about Andy, which is just, man, Kids in the 80s were just built different, man. Like this, yeah. this kid, like just straight up just leaves his daycare, 
jumps on the L train, <laughs> goes to a horrible <laughs> part of town. Like, yeah. And just, yeah, he's like, hey, I got a tinkle. And yeah, this like walks <laughs> over behind like a, like a dilapidated building. And it's like the, the kid was just like, until that moment when he realized Chucky was going to kill him, like there yeah. was, he, he wasn't afraid of Chucky, even though, even though he knew Chucky killed Maggie and yep. told them, but it wasn't, he didn't tell them because he was afraid he was next. He just told him because he's a six year old and yeah. uh, you know, somebody died and he knew why like it, there's, Man, and it's I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it's it's. I mean, it's an '80s movie kids trope, right? Like, you know, Goonies, right? They're all preteens and teenagers, and you know, they go on an incredible adventure and stuff like that. But it's just like that's it's. I think that I think that because that was so prevalent in the '80s is why now we're you know more likely to get these stories of children being really vulnerable and stuff like that. But he really he really sold that idea of like the, the eighties street tough kid for a kid who obviously had a decently cushy life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it wasn't, it wasn't perfect, but it, it, uh, it was, it was definitely not bad. You know, yeah. it, m- mom provided a, a, a nice apartment for him, you know, uh, seemed to go to a fairly good school, although the security is obviously very lax. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, also, but apparently once your mom drops you off, they just look the other way. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I also love that moment where uh, Chucky looks at him from behind the grate of the, the fireplace and like he's, he's still trying to fuck with him. He's like, but but Andy, I'm your friend to the end. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Andy's balls have dropped. And yeah. he's like, this is the end, friend. I, I always go, fuck yeah. yeah. But it's, a, it's such a fantastic moment. And then he just fucking lights him on fire. Yeah. Right. Uh, which, also, by the also, way, also 80s toys, they did not care if they were flame retarded. No, not. That's what I was going to say. Chucky obviously bathes in kerosene yeah. because like he went Very up flammable. like a fucking Christmas tree, man. Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Chucky was a walking, talking tinderbox, apparently. <laughs> there um, is another actor that stood out to me, and it was at the very beginning of the movie, and it was the Mr. Criswell actor. What a uh, dick of a boss, dude. Such a jagweed. That guy, that guy always plays a jagweed. He did it so well. <laughs> yeah. And, or, and you know, What's there's... the name of that actor? There's uh, uh, Alan Wilder. The the, the 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 one time I'll refer to him by his real name, Chris Sarandon, as um as the detective. He I is mean, so good. He is. He really is. Like I said, I mean, I joke and say, you know, he'll always be Prince Humperdinck, and he will. But, but he'll uh, also always be Jerry Dandridge. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Like I mean, yes. There are, there are other things, but I mean, he did he did such a great job in this, um, where he uh, and I think. Wasn't he the talking voice, but not the singing voice for Jack Skellington? He was, yeah. But but it was Tim Burton did the singing for Jack Skellington, correct? Not Tim Burton. I mean Danny Elfman. Danny, Danny Elfman. Elfman. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, but he did he did such a great job in this as you know just like that just the facts, ma'am, like type detective, yeah. right? Like <laughs> like he didn't give a shit that Andy was six, that it was his birthday. You know, he was yeah. just like, hey, so much murder. There's tiny footprints. Your son's a suspect. You know, it's like, I just got home. <laughs> like, and I mean, and he immediately, you know, like even when she shows up flustered and she's seen the doll come to life now and she's got all this new information still, still 
not a, not a fuck given, yeah. you know, it was just yeah. like, okay, well now crazy runs in your family. I I'm, I'm happy we institutionalized <laughs> your child, you know, it's just like, but then, then once he does make the transition, he's still a dick. Like when the other guy shows up when the, <laughs> and doesn't believe him, like he's still like, you know, cause then, cause then, you know, he turns and chokes him out. He's like, well, do you believe me now? You know, not <laughs> yeah. even, not, not even like a snarky, like sarcastic way. Like it was yeah. so like matter of fact at business, yeah. Yeah. the way he said it, he really does a great job in this showing an evolution of his character without changing kind of who the character is like it actually shows growth and not just a change you know like like a, a ridiculous fundamental change it just shows the idea that oh okay well once presented with the right set of facts your opinion can change without changing you are as a person do you hear that anybody listening that's, that's what, what are you talking about that's, that's the same <laughs> That's insane. I cannot accept <laughs> that if I am wrong about one thing, it doesn't change me fundamentally. Right. It's it's a it's it's a really crazy and unique um, perspective of things. Is that maybe you can be wrong about one thing and fundamentally still be the same person, and yet he pulled it off so masterfully. 34 years ago. <laughs> well, now I know the movie's supernatural. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, you just, you get a really great cast that carries what you can only imagine that when Mancini like went to, uh, who is this? Is this new line? Um, uh, or, you know, whoever made this movie, like when he's selling this, uh, you know, like with our MGM, MGM. MGM. Yes. Yeah. So it's like, he goes to, he's like, all right. So, my kids got a my buddy doll and it's it's really creepy <laughs> and i've got this idea for a movie that like what if it came to life and killed us all you know it's like hmm yes okay it's the 80s we're doing a lot of coke right now uh okay we, we can maybe run with this is it gonna be funny oh no no it won't be funny there's there is there is no comedy here you know <laughs> like, and and just like the confidence that he must have had to sell this then to find what just end up being the perfect actors to bring this all to life is an incredible feat like they just everybody did exactly what they needed to do nobody did any more or any less and it just all came together wonderfully yeah absolutely um, so this kind of leads us, you, you mentioned Mancini, right? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the creative team here. Uh, so Don Mancini hadn't done much before Child's Play. Uh, in fact, if you're looking at his filmography, there's only one other movie, uh, called Cellar Dweller before, um, before Child's Play. However, Tom Holland is is uh, something of a different story. That's not Spider Man. He's a time traveler. <laughs> it's I, the same Tom Holland. <laughs> I, uh, I I I had this on, and my my wife was walking around as the the credits were rolling, and she was like, "Tom Holland." And I was like. <laughs> Like what? What the fuck are you watching, dude? <laughs> so, um, I mean, he, we have to mention Fright Night, right? I mean, yeah, one of the greatest vampire movies of all time. Um, I think this is where he and Chris Randon 
uh, first linked up. Uh, I mean, he is nothing short of a giant in the horror realm. And Don Mancini became a giant because of this. So um, these two guys, I mean, you're, you're talking about very influential people in horror. What do they, as the creative team, bring to the movie, say, versus someone like Toby Hooper directing this? Or writing this, uh, Nick. I think uh, I think they bring a very cohesive story, um, one that worked really well. Obviously, they had really good communication mm-hmm. because right. if they didn't, then you would have wound up with something like uh, I don't know the Friday the Thirteenth movie, <laughs> not right. Friday the Thirteenth, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, where there's like, <laughs> or no, uh, yeah, the platform where there's two people clashing right with each right, other right. and they try to get everything in these two people were on the same page the whole time so instead of there being clashing storylines that go throughout the movie the all the storylines just come together and uh it all works out makes sense uh, i think that is the main thing they brought to the movie um was just being on the same page about everything and finding workarounds for any kind of disagreements that they may have had because mm-hmm. there had to be some yeah yeah, I, I think I think that when you're when you're looking at kind of what they all what what, what they brought to the screen was the an, an uncompromising vision of 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 what they were going to do. Like uh, uh, I was I was reading about this earlier today and apparently the original cut of the movie was two hours long um, oh. and Mancini fought to have uh, most of what was left on the cutting room floor was footage of Chucky. Um, because the studio wanted Chucky to have more on-screen time because, you know, it's, that's that's who it's built around. But yeah. what Mancini wanted was the suspense of him not being on screen all the time. So it was more impactful and more powerful when he was. And I think that just kind of that that unflinching ideal of what you want your movie to be. So, so they sat, they, they, they went out and they shot this two hour version that MGM wanted. And then when they started test screening, they had their hour 27 version too. And so they, they set out to not only do it the way they wanted to, but to prove why they were right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really cool. Like to, to not to, not just bend to what the people who are giving you lots of money have to say, <laughs> but to also not just be, you know, a, a dick about it. You know, it's not, it's, they weren't, they weren't Stanley Kubrick where it's you know, my way yeah. or the highway, you know, they were like, okay, well, I'll tell you what, why don't we do it both ways? And then, you know, we'll just, we won't say, I told you so when our way is better. Yeah. And, and and that's what they did. And so then when they test when they test screened these, the version that we got was people liked it a lot more for exactly that. It limits Chucky's on screen time, and it allows these performances by these amazing actors that we just got done talking about to breathe, and it allows them all to explore their characters. And it's not just about being people who are running and screaming from a slasher. Because, you know, one thing that we're never going to talk about when we watch a Friday the 13th movie is like, uh, oh, yeah, let's talk about the stellar acting performances by the people that he killed. (laughs) You know, it's just it's not going to happen. 
Um, it's like, okay. Hang on a second. I really do believe that some of those people did want to, in (laughs) fact, have sex. All right. I I do believe that there was uh, some, uh, some horniness there. Yeah. And so, you know, we got, what we got was just, we got some guys who knew what they wanted as, 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 as much as I joke about the, the, uh, this, this, being almost like a gag as an idea you can tell that when they when they finally started production on day one they knew exactly what they wanted this movie to be and and i think nick is absolutely right i think that they made sure that everybody in the studio was 100 on board with what their vision was this is something we talk about that that has made the Ari Aster films so good yeah. because this is a guy who knows exactly what he wants this movie to become. And yes, this franchise eventually, I'm not even going to use the word devolves. It eventually just evolves into something yeah. very differently and very different, but it's, it, 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 it's a, it's along for the ride and the joke the whole way. And even as you keep watching them, it never becomes a parody of itself. Jason X, I'm looking at you. <laughs> That that a lot of those things do because they just evolved and it stayed the same vision, even when it became something very different. And that's that's something noteworthy. Um, totally different subject, but I will always come to the defense of Jason X. I knew you would. That's why I said it. <laughs> um, is it good? No. Is it entertaining? <laughs> yes. Have I seen it? More times than I care to uh, to share with you all. Yes, dude. Um, I will say the same thing about Jason X that I said to you in the group chat today about the Monsters trailer. Which I don't know. I may do a live. I, I may watch again and do like a an, an Instagram live to talk about. But there is a film quality to Jason X that is just it's perfectly replicated at any porn parody you've ever seen. Like, I don't know if it's quality of film. I don't know if it's some sort of recording speed or what, but Jason X has that porn, that porn parody film quality. Yeah. It looks, it looks like a, like a 3 a.m. Sci-fi channel. Yes. Yeah. I got you. I got you. Yeah. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. Um, That, that, I still enjoy it. <laughs> um, so I, I totally agree with with everything you guys have said about you know a, a unified vision here. Uh, Mancini had an incredible idea. He wrote the fuck out of this story, and I think what one of the things that helped is that you know when when he approached Holland or Holland approached him, I'm not exactly sure how that went. But they were so on board with this idea that you know, they penned the script together. And so when, when you've got guys that are sitting down and, and they're saying, okay, let's collaborate on this thing, what you get is a, is a collaboration. It's the whole reason why, fight me here, anything that John Lennon, Paul McCartney, or George Harrison came out with will never, ever equal the Beatles. Um, I mean, parts I guess greater re- the whole uh, part, whole greater than the sum of the parts. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I guess Ringo did his own thing too. Right. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it, it, you will never, ever hear me say, oh yeah, Paul McCartney and wings. 
fuck the Beatles. That's what I want to listen to. No, man, I'm going to put on help. All right. Um, and, and that's, that's what's going on here. You've got an, an amazing collaboration. You've got two great minds and um, it, what, what, what is on screen is like nothing short of fucking magic. It's that voodoo magic. They captured it on yeah. fucking film. And Holland's way of shooting this, and I don't know if it's that these were directions that were written into the script or this is him on set making these decisions. Maybe they storyboarded this together. I don't know. But he used POV for a purpose. Yes, this was not, just not because it was a trend. Right. This is not just replicating what uh, John Carpenter did in uh, in Halloween or going further back, what Bob Clark did in uh, in Black Christmas. There's a purpose to this. You're not supposed to know who the killer is when Maggie dies. Right. And and uh, in fact, I think that mm -hmm. there's there's still a little bit of mystery there when eddie dies too now after you've seen the movie enough times you start to realize okay well you know that's chucky's sleeve that's not what it is that andy was wearing right but... yeah because like when he runs because i i had that same thought like when when they're showing maggie and you just see like that streak run behind her it's it's shot in such a way where that could have been andy mm -hmm. like running running back behind her so yeah i agree yeah and 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 the shoes you know they they have the same exact print on the mm -hmm. bottom you know, uh, it's and there's so much time that Andy spends alone in front of the television, which is something that was very popular back in the 80s and the 90s. You know, our parents used TV as as a babysitter for us. And for Again, the most felt different, I, yeah. my, my 11, my, my 11 year old refuses to stay home alone. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, that's on. all. I, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. You guys are going. Can I stay home? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let let me have my Legend of Zelda cereal right. and uh, and my Ninja Turtles reruns, and I'm fucking fine. <laughs> um, that's he watches so much television, and and it, there's this independence that's established from that very first time that we see him, where he's making breakfast not for himself, but for <laughs> his mom, home. you know. So it's entirely possible that he would have heard that newscast. And said, oh, there's a bad guy out there. I got to stop him. Because if he's fucking nuts, then maybe that's what it is. Right? Yeah. Um, I I love the way that it's shot where you're never really sure until you're sure. And uh, I think that that's something that, um, that Tom Holland also uh, used in Psycho 2. Because he, he, he wrote Psycho 2. And, oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, and and there is that sense of um is Norman really killing people or is he not? And and I I think Holland does that really really well. And that's used to great effect here. I love the way it's shot. Um you mentioned uh, jokingly Nick, the scene where Chucky attacks uh the the detective in his yeah. car. Uh that's a really intense scene. It and is. those 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 camera angles are so tight, uh, almost as tight as the corduroy pants that he's wearing, um, <laughs> <laughs> because the moose knuckle was real. Um, 
Yeah, uh, that was like the, so fucking tense. The editing in here, and I know that that's not Holland. That was the editor. I'm not sure what his name is, but obviously your director works with the editor to get that pacing down. Fucking incredible. Um, I don't think that in the hands of any other writer, director, team, we would have had the movie that we have today. I was I, terrified for his balls in that scene. By yes. The way. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually did get stabbed at one point, I think, because there's one point where the yeah. knife goes through and he sits down on it and he goes, Oh, and it's like a real reaction. <laughs> I, I, I think that one other thing that we got out of Holland with this, um, and now knowing that he, uh, that he did psycho too, that this makes even more sense. I, when I, when I think about Holland, I always think about thinner. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, not knowing that he did Psycho 2, you know, this makes a lot of sense. And uh, with reading about the stuff that got filmed or that, that got cut, we're given it's it's they never allowed this movie to get over the top with the gore or anything like that. Like you were saying, like, what's different is if, you know, is if like a Toby Hooper had made this, right. you know, they 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 never they never were in for the shock value of of the, 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 the gore in this, you know, we, we talked about Tom Savini at the top, obviously nobody like him was attached to this because those weren't the types of special effects that we got, mm -hmm. but for what this movie was presented as, then it, it made sense for it to not be that gory, you know? So I, I think that, you know, the, this, but, but then when we did get them, they were so like the, the melting, um, you know, when he's, when he's in the fire and stuff like that, yeah. I mean, that stuff was so good and you were never, you were never just, you know, like inundated with, with buckets of blood and, and ridiculous things that made you numb to that by the time things like that were happening, you were always able to appreciate the special effects that you got mm -hmm. because they were used impactfully and so they, they went mm -hmm. for quality over quantity in yeah. this. So speaking of special effects we have we've we've gone around it we've talked about everybody except for really focusing on one gentleman in this movie and that of course is none other than charles lee ray or chucky himself and in one movie in one movie we and an icon that absolutely you know deserves a spot in that pantheon of kill of movie killers was created and so and it was it, it, it didn't take multiple movies before you knew who he was. His image, his everything was established here and it's still going. We were taught, I think it was before we started recording. Mm -hmm. I was telling Nick, I was thinking, I've heard that the sci-fi child's play series or Chucky or whatever mm -hmm. it's called is really good. And that just came out a year ago. So now we're 34 years in people still know who Chucky is. So, mm -hmm. I mean, just how, how do you feel about this freshman effort in creating an icon, Dave? Um, I find that this is the scariest version of Chucky because kind of like Freddy Krueger, uh, like if you go back to the original Nightmare on Elm Street, like he is fucking terrifying. Yeah. You don't, you don't get that like really witty, fast talking Freddy until, uh, part two and really part three because yeah three really, he, three three is when he gets real snarky yeah yeah part two he's still really angry um yeah. uh you get a little bit of chucky's uh like sadistic sense of humor here but you really don't get it 
until part two. Um, part two also gives you like the absolutely indestructible Chucky with like half his fucking face <laughs> missing and all that. Like, and and the movie's more of a slasher. You know, it it, it kind of. Uh, evolves as you said not devolves but evolves into into something else but um what we have here this like really angry person who's willing to uh like kill a child just because like, yeah it's fucking terrifying like everything that you need like you have an iconic look right like the 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 fucking fire red hair those overalls like you know there's there's such an innocence about this this doll and yet you put that warped almost demonic looking face on him you know that first time that he he looks at um uh Catherine Hicks and he's like you bitch I'll fucking kill you I'm like yes yeah. that's that so gets yes. you you know when his eyes come in you get that really sunken look and his mouth just kind of like distends it's it's fucking terrifying it 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 really is and and you I do believe that there is some sort of supernatural strength to this thing as opposed to um you know, Blade and Leech Lady and these and 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 these uh, these fucking <laughs> stupid puppets from Puppet Master. Um, there is something really intimidating about Chucky. You know, with yeah. the puppets from Puppet Master, it's like you know, yeah, there's strength in numbers, kind of like like zombies. But with Chucky, like you don't fucking need Tiffany. Like you've yeah. got enough <laughs> with just Chucky, and 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 that is. I think saying a lot that a fucking doll can terrify you that much. And, and this idea that it's, it's not AI or a chip or something that's gone bad. Like, no man, this is the soul of a fucking serial killer. Yeah. A guy who's willing to do anything. Doesn't believe in anyone. In fact, the only, the only reason why he believes in voodoo at all is because it can extend his life. And mm -hmm. that's it. Nick. Yeah, um, I, you know, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everything you said was so outstanding. I was paying too much attention. Uh, I think you're going to have to come back to me. All right. Well, I mean, I think that I think the one thing, you know, that can't be overlooked when you're uh, when you're talking about this is that voice. Like that, that, um, you know, the, uh, what's, um, Brad Dowerth. Yes. Thank you. I was like, I couldn't find it. I was like, and, and gross. No, that's the friendly check. Yes. No. That, that voice, that laugh, just like the mania that is so perfectly portrayed, um, in everything that he says, like the, just that, that maniacal scream that he has, like, it's so primitive and guttural yeah. and you know, that's, that you're you you're right in just the look and and that the hair and all of that mattering so much but man that's the moment when he makes that turn and the face changes and everything that voice change like from just like the robotic hi i'm chucky you know like when when, when his voice becomes what we know as the chucky <laughs> voice it's like that's what haunts you right it's it's that sound of when he's talking that's so great and i think it's in 
I, I think it's in two. There's a really great moment where he's like, uh, hi, my name is Chuck Tommy or something <laughs> like that. And it's like, it's like, Oh God, it's so good. Like, uh, but just, just that, because before we real before you know we're a hundred percent sure that he's alive when the batteries drop out of the box and stuff like that, there is a creepiness to that voice, but it's just because it's associated with the you know with the the 80s animatronic face that that is that is horrifying. You know, I love the yeah. rock of fire explosion, but I'd be a fool to not say I've had nightmares about them. But it's you know like you it's but what like what but you get when you get that change then you you beg for the comfort of like 80s animatronic voice yeah. because it's give just, me teddy ruxpin give me teddy ruxpin exactly it's just <laughs> it's so it's so terrifying and the 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 idea of this 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 child's doll being just so foul mouthed and you're right and it's not it's not you know like what they did now where it's like a chip that learns and it's AI and all this. It's like, no, this is like a serial killer with bodies under his belt. Right. Like, you know, like this, this is a guy who was even more terrifying before he was in this, this doll. And so for that, for that to carry through, it's, it's a really, really interesting, you know, look into how to make something scary you know, you make Freddy scary with the claw and that he's in your dreams and he can do anything. Jason is scary because he's just a walking tank. Kind of the same thing with the shape, right? Like these guys are just undefeatable. So to to make so to take something that should just be like, hey, get out of here and you kick it, right? <laughs> like, like to make it something scary that you genuinely believe is taking down these grown-ass people that's impressive and yeah. and he's he's a legit actor like brad yeah. dariff um for for those that only know him from from the chucky franchise um i mean he won a golden globe for one flew over the cuckoo's nest you know he's an oscar nominated actor he's um, worm tongue in lord of the rings he's worm tongue yeah you know this this is a guy who's got like uh like provenance you know he's he's not just you know some guy who you know uh, like no offense to like fucking kane hotter or anyone like that you know but he's 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 not just a horror guy you know because i know that that means something to most people oh yeah it's a horror movie or he's an horror actor or something you know uh scream queens you know they don't, they don't johnny get... depp he'll never be anybody <laughs> right you know um but that's he's he's a when you have someone like him who already had been nominated for an Oscar, uh, an Oscar anchoring your your film, and he is the bad guy. Like there's there's no question about it. You know, like it's it it's it's as much as James Earl Jones is Darth Vader. You know, uh, how many people can remember David Prowse's name? You know, maybe you know diehard Star Wars fans, but the casual Star Wars fan is not going to know. You know, but everyone knows who James Earl Jones is, right? And you might not recognize the name Brad Dowriff, but you know his fucking face because everyone's seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. So, right. um, fuck, man, he's he's so excellent in this. And you're right, he makes it scary with his voice alone because he he goes from that like somewhat sweet voice that we hear, uh, like not not the the animatronic voice his voice 
when he's calmer and talking to Andy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And, you know, that, hey, Andy, you know, that thing that he <laughs> yeah, does, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and, and then when he just goes fucking psycho, holy shit, it's terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. So you mentioned earlier about um, his kills being purposeful or whatever. So all yeah. of them, all of them are, except for the Dr. Death kill. That one was just, that's where he really yeah. reveals how sadistic he is. You know, he that's got the information one. he wanted and then he stabbed him anyway and killed him. He didn't have to do that. He didn't have any qualm with Dr. Death, really. Uh, the guy that showed him how to have eternal life. So I think that part really shows uh, how sadistic Charles Lee Ray really is um, in his character and what, that he's willing to do nothing. Also, his negotiating skills are terrible. Um, <laughs> at, the, at the end, when he's trying to get into the room and he's like stabbing through the door and he's like, just give me the kid and I'll let you all live. Or whatever. I'm like, I'm talking to this kid's mom. He's not, she's not just going to open the door. All right. You can have Andy. Okay. <laughs> we'll head out now. Andy, yep. it's been nice. Yep. See you later. <laughs> yeah, like they just it was it was it's it's a lot of fun because I, like we we like we keep reference i mean i've watched i've watched all these movies and and they're 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 all great in their own way you know they and like we like we keep saying it didn't devolve it evolved into something very different so it is nice to occasionally go back and see like the those straight up really horrifying um beginnings of yeah. chucky as opposed to you know like the Man, like in those later films, Chucky can booby trap some shit like nobody's business. <laughs> like I forget which one it is, but there's one where he like rigs the airbag with a bunch of nails and then like and then like crashes the car and like the nails shoot into like this guy's yeah. face and stuff. Like like he eventually like again, uh, just an evolution of being um a really sadistic serial killer. But you know, once once he kind of came into his own with like, well, this is me now. Um, you know, like, and, and, he, and he had to get creative. They did a great job with that, but it is, it's really cool to occasionally go back and be like, wow, this really started off as just like a horrifying man in a doll's body, not yeah. just a sadistic doll that kills people. Yeah. And, and that leaves us with, uh, with our rating. Cause I think we've pretty much <laughs> touched upon everything. Uh, so, so Nick, you impressed us last time with your rating. <laughs> what are you gonna What are you gonna use as your metric for rating Child's Play? I think I'm gonna go with pairs of good guy PJ sneakers. Yeah, yes, I like <laughs> it. These are good guy PJ sneakers. <laughs> when I saw that, it just stuck out. I had to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah. boy! All right, okay. so 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 uh, so Nick, out of a possible five. And it's five pairs, right? It's not yeah, five. five. So it's five, not five like pairs, it's not yeah, like you've yeah. got two pair and yeah. then and then like an odd sneaker out. Yeah, right? no, it's five so, pairs. Yeah. Right. So uh out of five possible pairs of good guy PJ sneakers, that's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how many pairs of good guy PJ sneakers do you give this? Oh man, you know, I I'm gonna have to go with five pairs of flower coated good guy PJ sneakers <laughs> because I haven't seen this movie since I was four and watching it now, 
I was still very impressed with the story. Uh, I was immersed with it. Uh, the special effects were really good. Animatronics on the doll, the facial features changing just so rapidly from something somewhat cute to absolutely demonic. The explosion on that building where he sets the gas fire. I mean, <laughs> that was just a special effects guy's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> the <laughs> burning doll the running through the building, <laughs> the burning doll running through the apartment, just setting furniture on fire. Uh, I, yeah, I gotta give it five pairs. I have to, I can't, even though I'm scarred for life by it. And the just seeing that doll makes my skin crawl, I can't give it anything less than five. All right. Uh, Daniel, what about you? It's I. One of my favorite things about this show is is our establishment that we only rate a movie against itself, right? Because we we do look at so many different things, and when I look at just this movie, it's it's easy to want to rank it lower when I start comparing it to some other things. But I don't have to do that right now. And so because I don't have to compare it to anything else, because I can just look at this movie for, for what it is uh, in, in story, for what it is in amazing special effects, for what it is in still being scary. Um, now, that, now that I'm 39 years old, it's, it's a five, man. This is five, this is five pairs of good guy PJ sneakers. I, it's, it's still scary. The special effects are still very, very good. Um, that voice is still haunting. Uh, I mean, like it's it's well written. I mean, it's it's easy to look at the "this is the end, my friend" you know line and be like it's kind of corny. But when a kid delivers it and then throws a match at a burning doll to kill it, like that's dope. I can't, yeah. I can't, I can't <laughs> shit on that line because the way it's presented. Like if a grown ass man had said that, I'd be like that was stupid. But for for the six year old to do it, it's it fits right like yeah. it's like it suddenly becomes something not corny and it's like what a clever ass little kid you know and so it's because i am because i am not comparing it to anything else and i'm just looking at what i was given here yeah man this one's a five all day you know i i would put that before the kill line up there with the back to <laughs> yeah all right oh yeah um, your your terminated fucker um blow off some steam bennett i mean oh, it's yes. it's right up there with <laughs> with with the best of them um i also am going to give this five uh pairs of of good guy pj sneakers uh which i, I the only time i have ever heard of pj sneakers yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and I always forget that they're PJ sneakers because he gets into bed with his mom and I'm like, what the fuck is this kid doing? Wearing <laughs> shoes in bed. <laughs> PJ sneakers. Yeah, well, it, that's it. They're PJ sneakers. Um, so, you know, that that explains it. Um, yeah, I mean, this 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 movie's perfect. Um, I will say it is not my favorite in the Child's Play franchise. Child's Play 2 is my favorite. Um, and it is not as scary as this one. Uh, it does not have the magic of, of of Holland in here. But that said, there's I I I really like funny Chucky. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I like that it leans into the slasher and all that stuff. And um, I mean everything that happens in in that that fucking circus or wherever it is that they end up is just. <laughs> 
fucking outstanding. Um, so uh, no, it's the factory. The circus is the the third one. Um, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean this th- this is uh, yeah. Oh, the circus one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's I, it's fucking. I mean, it's nuts. Nothing about this movie makes sense if you if you look at it as like just parts. You break it down in parts. This movie makes absolutely no sense. And then you put it all together and somehow you have this phenomenal fucking movie that at 34 years old still fucking scares me. Like yeah. that's that's insane. And that all of this comes from an idea that was started on an episode of The Twilight Zone. The Talkie Tina episode, yeah, of the Twilight Zone, which Mancini has credited. He said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I love that 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 idea." You know, but fuck, you took <laughs> a germ of an idea and you turned this thing like that one-celled amoeba. You turned it into a fucking grizzly bear that will maul you to death. It's uh, it's it's fucking awesome, and and I love it. Well, I mean, and that 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 perspective is the same thing I had a couple weeks ago when we did Alien, right? Like, uh-huh. I, you know, I, I gold starred Alien, but I like Aliens more than Alien. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I would I'd be a fool to think that it's a better movie. I just I just like you know, right. like you said you liked it too as a slasher. I liked it too. Aliens is an action film, so right. it's that it's that same type of thing. Exactly the same. Yeah. One one really one thing about this movie that just had a really nostalgic moment to me was actually the, at the very beginning whenever he's watching the cartoons and he's going to make the breakfast and he grabs the cereal box and pours it into the bowl and there's like a little green toy that like topples into the bowl. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's right. There used to be toys in cereal boxes yeah. sometimes. Yeah. In fact, sometimes you'd buy the shit cereal because yeah. it had a good toy that came with yeah. it. Dude, I'll, I'll never forget one time I made my parents get me a box of peanut butter cat and crunch. Oh, but uh, <laughs> because because it claimed that it came with a boomerang and I thought that was just gonna be like the dopest thing ever. So yeah. Yeah. I I was duped once because it was was it the chocolate Fruit Loops? I think it was. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's uh. fucking garbage. If you want chocolate. <laughs> I mean, you're going to go Cocoa Pebbles, right? Yeah, right. Um, so, and, I, and I get this fucking, like, garbage cereal. Like, I don't even like Fruit Loops to begin with. You know, <laughs> but, like, the chocolate <laughs> fucking just, just serve me fucking cardboard, you know? Yeah, anyway, right. there was a special uh, Stormtrooper action figure that you could uh, – that, that was supposed to be included. And I was all fucking excited about it because, I like, at that point, I'd had just about – all of the Star Wars action figures, and this was a special one because I think you could remove the helmet, and Luke Skywalker was underneath. Oh, and wow. uh, it was either Luke or Han, or maybe it was like a you know a 50-50 chance of getting one of them. And I was really excited, and I fucking poured out the entire thing. And there's no fucking, oh. <laughs> there's there's not one in there. And I look at my mom, and I'm like, "Where's the toy?" And then she was like. Did you not read the box? I'm like, no, I didn't fucking read the box. I saw the stormtrooper on it. She's like, you got to mail away for this. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, let's mail away. She was like, no, I just bought you a box of cereal that you're not going to fucking eat. I'm not I'm not spending more money to mail away for this shit. I was like, no. Oh, you need all your. You remember the ones where you had to get like five boxes of the cereal and like save the tops or like the UPCs? Yeah. And proof of purchase. Like multi- yeah, the proof of purchase. There's, yeah. yeah, they'd be like, yeah, you had to yeah. like the five proofs of Fucking purchase. Fucking. <sighs> but so there it man. is. A humanism at its worst. 
Yeah, yeah, unanimous five, five on child's play. Yeah, any a unanimous hate of consumerism. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem for uh, for coming on for suggesting this one. This this was a lot of fun to watch, man. You have been a great guest now twice, and we really appreciate that. Is there anything you need to you need to promote here at the end? Uh, well, uh, I'm part your of project a, going. Yeah, I'm part of a game jam this weekend, and what a game jam is is you have a specified amount of time to make a game. And then you, uh, you that goes up against everybody else that's making games. And then whoever wins, wins. It's nothing. It's just exposure, really. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to have 48 hours from noon on Friday to make a game. And uh, I don't know the theme yet. I won't know until tomorrow when the Game Jam is released. But it's the GMTK Game Jam. And the website is itch.io. So um, after Sunday, if you want to go check it out, hopefully i'll have something uh unless life gets in the way because uh there's been some things uh but uh hopefully i'll have something for everybody to at least check out uh i can't guarantee you it'll be good especially with 48 hours but (laughs) hopefully it'll fit the theme and it'll be playable um but yeah that's the that's the plan and then you can of course go on there uh itch.io and check out all the different games that are coming out for this one specific game jam if you wanted to Excellent. Itch, itch, not a like spon- itch. Yeah, I-T-C-H dot I-O. Okay. Not a sponsor, of course. <laughs> right. <laughs> no sponsors. Um, well, I, and uh, and I didn't I didn't run this by you, Dave, so just, just bear with me. But I, I do need to take a second, especially since I've got Nick here. Um, and we get to do this every week, and I get to hang out with, with Dave every week, and, and I'm happy to have Nick on here. And uh, Nick and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, I just... Without, without, you know, just going into a ton of really depressing details, Nick and I have had, um, I lost a friend uh, just yesterday um, to a horrible accident, and uh, he was our age, so it's, it's really jarring, it's really shocking, so if, if nothing else, I want to just take the fact that there may be somebody listening to just remind you that just because you're our age or even younger don't always just figure that you've got tomorrow to say what's up to your friends or tell them you love them or anything like that. Yeah. Like make sure you just take the time to appreciate who you've got, because I think, you know, I, like I said, I'm, I'm 39 now. I still kind of get in that mindset that I've got plenty of time to, you know, people are going to be around forever type thing. And it's a, it's a really stark reminder sometimes that they're not. So if, if you take nothing else away from this episode, take a second for a friend you haven't talked to in a little while, text them, say what's up, remind them that you love them, that type of thing, because, uh, unfortunately, tomorrow is not guaranteed for anybody. And I know that kind of brings it down, but I've, I've just got to say that. That's what's really been affecting my train of thoughts. So. Yeah. Is there um, is there some sort of collection or a GoFundMe or something for, uh, uh, for the family? Nothing that's been announced yet. Yeah, I've we seen. don't have any announcements. So. Uh, well, yeah, stay in touch with, uh, with our social media, because if there is, um, you know, we'll, we'll be putting it up there. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's very tragic. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, like I said, that, you know, that brings it down a little bit, but I think if nothing else, it's an important reminder. Um, Dave, Dave did throw the reminder out there to follow us on social media. We -hmm. are at ShiverPod on all of your social media sites or Instagram's been dead for a week. I just kind of, I took a break (laughs) from social media for the most part so I could enjoy the time with my family while I was in Florida. It's back now. It's alive. It's active. Um, like I said, I Dave and I watched the Monsters trailer today, and <laughs> oh got, boy, we've got thoughts. I so um, I may go live tomorrow to talk about the Monsters trailer. Uh, so <laughs> if if you're watching and you want to you want to give that a view and then see what we've got to say about the Monsters trailer, going to try to find some time to come up with some new stuff for our social media. We are on all of those things at ShiverPod. 
There you go. So on behalf of all of us here on Shiver, fright you very much.